Buckle up your pant legs, zip up your hats, and put on your cool, 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 cool black and white robes. It's time for Sounds About Light, a podcast that this time I swear to God for real is about Kingdom Hearts 2 for the last time. I'm Sam. I'm Drew. Time makes fools of us all. You know, if we have to do it again, we'll just head towards episode 13.8. Um, oh yeah, this is going to be 13.5, which then does give me room if need be <laughs> for 13.9. Yeah. God forbid 13.9A. 13.9A over 4. Final, final. <laughs> uh, we have watched, well, I didn't actually rewatch. I, I, I watched a little bit, <laughs> but we have watched the end of Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah. You rewatched it, yeah? I rewatched, yeah, I rewatched like a good half of it, and I watched the credit sequence for the first time. The the, oh, cre- right. the credit the credit montage. Yes, yes, yes. And I watched it the best possible way, which is on a 14-year-old YouTube video, which is my favorite kind of YouTube video. Was was the the one that we've been using and did it like not have the music or something? It didn't have the trailer montage, I don't think, unless I just missed uh-huh. it. I think that that's it's probably so- not in the theater mode. It's, oh, maybe. It's just so hard to find people who are brave enough to <laughs> post the video with the Utada Hikaru music that you know is going to get you a copyright strike. Yeah, and the one I watched, for sure the music had been, it's a 14-year-old 14 video. It had been reported a long time ago, I think. So it did not have the music. Um, I, I had Sanctuary, but it was all weird. Parts of it were backwards. It's a little joke about the song Sanctuary. Um, anyway, uh, it's time for Sam's Apology Corner. Oh. Let's get this out of the way. Because I cannot believe that I missed this Zigbar line. It's right before Zigbar fights Sora. He says, I guess that must be why the Keyblade chose you, but man did it pick a dud this time. You don't look like you're half the hero the others were. Oh. How the fuck did we miss that? (laughs) Uh, I probably heard it and just said, yeah, sure. (laughs) <laughs> maybe may, maybe we assumed that he meant Roxas and Shion, but he I mean he wouldn't know about Shion, would he? No one would. No one would. So who the fuck is he talking about? I have an inkling. <laughs> maybe it might have something to do with the numerous keyblade wielders that we see in the secret ending. In that really really long video in the ending. <laughs> Well, if it seemed really long, I think it's probably because you actually saw two different secret endings. I did. That's true. Yeah, I think one of those was added in Final Mix. Oh, got it. Okay. Uh, we left off last time with old Zemnis at the top of the castle, uh, mourning his Kingdom Hearts ruined. The ruined Kingdom Hearts looks sick. Um because it's it it's like now like kind of like pink uh mm-hmm. and like it has light coming out but it gets darker towards the edges and it I like I like the way it looks now that it's ruined just like our hearts. Oh yeah. I I'm actually surprised at the restraint not to do just like a big broken heart emoji in the sky. <laughs> that reminds me you found that uh that quote from was it Nomura or uh, uh Nojima um Oh, yeah, the thing about how, uh, yeah, so, <laughs> I could just read it, I guess, this was from, was from, yeah, from yeah, Nomura, yeah. so, they asked, um, they said, the heart-shaped moon in the previous game's 
key visuals showed up this time as the Kingdom Hearts. Did That's you th- the KH1 box art, if you're familiar. Yeah, and they said, did you think of doing this right from the start? Nomura, no, I didn't. I asked Nojima-san to write Kingdom Hearts 2 scenario, and in a scenario, it was written that Kingdom Hearts Zenmus created... Uh, the Kingdom Hearts Zenmus created is like a moon that floats in the world that never was. When I read that, I thought, oh, this can be connected. Laugh. <laughs> And so, so he said, so, so I made it look like, I made it to look like the moon in the previous game's visual. So yeah. That, that is the funniest part of that is the fact that, you know, you're reading that quote and you're like, oh, okay. So Nojima, who wrote the story for Kingdom Hearts 2, saw the like Kingdom Hearts 1 box art with the big heart shaped moon and was like, oh, that must be Kingdom Hearts. I'll put it in the, but the fact that Nomura looked at it and was like, Oh, that kind of looks like <laughs> it's not even the same moon. Yeah, he, it was just—it was literally just written that he created a moon that floats in the world that never was to make his kingdom hearts. And the yeah. Mura's like, "Oh, make it look like my heart moon." <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. It wasn't even a heart-shaped moon. Yeah, it was God. just a moon. <laughs> I, you know, I I have so much respect for Nomura just openly admitting all this stuff of like. Yeah, you know, I, I had no intention of doing that, but it looked really cool, so I thought it would, I thought it would tie in. Yeah, the, that interview's full of stuff like that. Um, it, and, you know, and I think that, you know, some of it is, like, our mistake of attributing the entire story and themes and everything to Nomura, when in mm-hmm. a lot of cases he's just kind of an idea guy throwing shit around and other people are actually <laughs> writing everything. Mm-hmm. Like, there's this one question, they go, what's the theme you you most wanted to express this time? And Nurmura says, not just this theme, not just this time, Kingdom Hearts always have something like a person's heart and connection of hearts as a theme, like the strength of an invisible heart or what's the most important thing to you. That's what I was thinking while drawing the story. Like, that's so vague. It's, 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 <laughs> it's really nothing. Um, and yet here we are. And yet here we are in... But the thing is, everything that happens in the, in the game is really significant, and it all makes sense. <laughs> that's right. And it was all planned. It was all planned. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the moon. I have to assume that that means that if you had gone through the door at the end of Kingdom Hearts 1, the one that incinerated Ansem's Seeker of Darkness, there would just be a big fucking moon floating in, in there. I don't... Th- well, I don't think so, because Zenmus's fake one looks like that, but... Perhaps that's just the container that he made. Oh, I don't want to get into that shit. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The day that we'll have to talk about that draws ever closer, and I'm not looking forward to it. Cool. Uh, Mickey and Sora and everyone arrive at Zemnis, uh, and he asks them why they hate the darkness. And I, I really like uh, Mickey's line here where he says, Oh, we don't hate it. It's just kind of scary. Which feels like such a downplaying of everything that happens in these games. Yeah, but it, it's true. They don't really yeah. hate the darkness. They hate the shit that everyone's been getting up to. Right, right. <laughs> which I think, I, which, and, which Riku basically says later. Right, Riku says, like, it, we don't hate the darkness, but it's scary because of who's lurking inside of it. Well, he says it's because you mess up our worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that's right. That's something that I love about this scene, because Xemnas is trying to make all these, like, big philosophical arguments where he's like, 
what about us, the nobodies, people who were turned away by the realms of both light and dark? Why, why do you villainize us? And Riku's like, because you're being a villain. Yeah. Well, and Sora calls him on his shit and is like, you, you, you don't even have feelings. Stop trying to act like you're put upon. Yeah. Xemnas is like, what other choice did we have? And Sora's like, shut up, dude. I'm not falling for that. And Xemnas is like, yeah, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> it does really still make me, it, it, it his motivations are bizarre and i i don't know it has he not been truthful to us about his motivation be- that's something that i'm going to be on big big lookout for as we go forward including stuff that i've already played because Xemnas's motivations and the motivations of organization 13 and the members of organization 13 get really confusing and i really i kind of have to wonder if this is just a little bit of retconning stuff with the fact that like they they were originally conceived as one thing and they later became this different thing because as we understand the timeline basically what happened (laughs) is that uh uh uh, ansem the wise's apprentices they betrayed him and they were like, we want to do some some dark evil experiments, but we feel like our hearts are holding us back because of morality. Let's remove our hearts. We will have no guilt. We will have no morals. We can do whatever we need. And then they remove their hearts through some means that I don't know if it's entirely clear yet. And then, as far as we know, basically immediately they all go, oh shit, we must collect the hearts for Kingdom Hearts so that we may have our hearts back. Yeah, they're like, oh, this sucks actually. Um... But that's like, weird. Stuff that, they shouldn't have yeah. a concept of it sucking anymore. They should have been like, great, this is what we wanted. I don't feel anything. And so that is why I'm always... Exactly. Yeah. And Zenmus is the last person that really seems like he would give a shit about getting his heart back. Yeah. Like, I think from what I know about, like, Axel and Syx specifically, stuff that I won't get into here... I think that their motivations do make sense. We know they were kind of working against Xemnas. They both wanted to get their hearts back. I think once we get more into why they were involved in the first place, I think that it will make sense. Yeah. But then with, like, with, like, Vexen, like, he's gotta be the biggest sicko scientist in the group. Surely he was one of the most excited to not have a heart holding him back. So why is he... Well, actually, come to think of it, we don't have any reason to believe that he didn't want to be a nobody anymore, do we? Yeah, he he was just doing his own shit and was... The organization seemed convenient. Yeah, it it feels like it's... I don't know, maybe now that I think about it, who was in the organization who really seemed to want hearts? Xemnas claims that that's everything he's working towards. It just seems like a good, convenient goal for him to publicly state so everyone else continues to show up to his fun meetings. Yeah, I, it's it's honestly possible that I've missed something with his true motives. Because the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I don't really know that most of the organization were trying to get hearts. Like, it really feels like it's basically just Axel and Syx. Yeah, maybe maybe Zaldin or some of the folks that we don't know too much about. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to be on the lookout for that. I don't know. All right. That's that's interesting. So, yeah, this is where Sora calls Xemnas out on his bullshit, and Xemnas is like, haha, you got me. And then he teleports Sora away for a boss fight. Uh, They're fighting on the secret ending to the first game. 
now. Yeah, Memories Skyscraper, it's called. Man, I if you if you watched this boss fight, I did the 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 Zemnis boss fight music, specifically this track. It's the same one that played when you fight him in Kingdom Hearts One at the very end when he's the unknown man or whatever. I fucking love this song. I'm probably gonna open this episode with it. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's anyway. It's a cool fight too. Um a lot of Yeah, he's got his lightsabers. He's got his lightsabers, he puts a weird diamond around you. I uh, <laughs> I didn't catch everything he's doing, but he's doing a lot of teleporting and putting up barriers and then hitting you with his lightsabers. I here's something kind of interesting that I noticed. I had never noticed this before, but Zemnis has a lot of uh sort of particle effects because his elemental affinity we're always told is nothingness uh which means lasers and <laughs> force fields i guess but uh he has a lot of like they almost kind of look like whips like he sends out these sort of like flickery tendrils that will like grab sora and like throw him around i never noticed this before but those like flickers are the same effect that we see when a nobody dies they're getting kind of like broken apart oh uh, yeah kinda... yeah i thought that was kind of interesting um so they fight. Zemnis dies, but no, he doesn't. <laughs> the number of times in this part that Sora beats Zemnis, and his fucking death gurgle is exquisite. It's like, <laughs> yeah, he gives it his all. Uh, Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> He's never a slouch. That's Syx. Oh shit. Yeah, <laughs> Kirk Thornton. Oh. This is Paul Saint Peter. Well. Uh, but yeah, we repeatedly see him die and disappear, and then later he will come back and be like, more fighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I want you to explain what exactly he does next, cause I don't, this is the part, oh, no. this is the part I don't <laughs> understand. Everything else I can kind of be like, yeah, I follow this. I don't know what the fuck he does here. All right, here we go. This is my ultimate challenge. I'm, I'm looking for the, the sounds about light. That makes sense. Let's go. Here oh, we go. Okay. Zemnis floats in the air, talking to Kingdom Hearts, and he says, I will give you as many hearts as it takes. You can be no more complete without me than I without you. Hearts, hearts filled with rage, envy, and hatred, and everyone says, stop it! This sucks! <laughs> Donald Duck's like, you'll never win! I love, I love when we cut to everyone and they're just like, fuck that, Zemnis! <laughs> it's ba- yeah, it is basically just everyone booing him as he gives his big speech. <laughs> Boo to that! <laughs> um... But he he says, sort of to counter what Ansem the Wise said right before exploding, he says, the power of hearts is not beyond my understanding, uh, which I assume he's basically saying in a, in a Vexen sort of way, I am in a unique position to truly understand hearts because I don't have one. I can look at them from this sort of outside perspective, uh, which Ansem was never able to do. And then is... Is this is this your issue? The part where a big door appears and someone says, "What's going on?" and Mickey says, "Kingdom Hearts." Well, what he what was he doing with the power from Kingdom Hearts? That's the part I don't understand. Because supposedly he wanted to create himself a new heart. Doesn't appear that he does that. He just yells at them a bunch and then disappears. So and, and then a door appears. He, assuming we can take him at his word, which I'm not entirely sure that we can. Uh, he never got to the point where he could do his thing. Right. Because before he could even use Kingdom Hearts, Ansem blew it up, kind of. Right. So now his Kingdom Hearts is ruined. That's why he's saying, I, I, I didn't mention it, but when they 
like arrive and confront him on the roof he's like hey do you want to go kill more heartless <laughs> yeah go kill more he tells them to go kill more heartless and they say no <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna do that uh but yeah i he's basically just saying to kingdom hearts like you will only be complete if i have my way so if you want to be complete give me what i want afterwards i guess is what he's saying so did he take power from Kingdom Hearts at all, or he just yelled at them and it disappeared? I don't think he did. Okay. I think I think that he tried, and then basically the, the Keyblade team said, fuck that, we're not going to do that anymore. And then he said, ah, shit. Um, yeah, I think, I think Xemnas at this point has kind of... I don't want to say that he's accepted that he's lost, but... It, he kind of feels like he's in the phase of, well, if I can't do Kingdom Hearts, I'm going to kill you. Like, Got it. Like, Sora is not going to just back off and then go back on a Heartless fighting adventure and reform Kingdom Hearts for him. So, might as well just kill Sora, <laughs> I think is kind of where he's at. Okay, I think my confusion was it looked like he absorbed power from the heart, from the unfinished heart, and then fucked off. It, it's possible that he did absorb power from it, because I think basically what they're saying here, because he, I think he might absorb power from the rage, envy, and hatred in the hearts, mm. in in the sense that Kingdom Hearts, by being this amalgamation of hearts, there is light in it, and there is darkness in it, because that's humanity. Right. And anthropomorphic animals also. So I think that he kind of absorbed power from the negative aspects of Kingdom Hearts, whereas the positive aspects of Kingdom Hearts are what created this door for them to follow him into battle. That's how I interpreted this. Okay, well, here you go. That makes sense. Fuck yeah! TM. God damn, I'm good at this. (laughs) (laughs) But it does need to be said again. One of the funniest exchanges in Kingdom Hearts. What's going on? Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> what does Mickey say about the door, too, when it he appears? Says, he says, the world's created the doorway for us to be the guardians of their destiny. Wow. Let's not worry about that one too much. Sure. <laughs> Secret answer report 13. This is the last one. Oh. Tomorrow, Sora awakens. My long and drawn-out revenge is nearing its end. Xehanort, who took everything away from me. Though as a heartless, he is no more. As the leader of Organization 13, his ambition once again is to capture Kingdom Hearts, the most colossal heart of all. His heartless had attempted to draw out the great darkness of Kingdom Hearts, created from the hearts of all worlds. That was the plot of one. His nobody, however, is almost finished gathering human hearts to be assimilated into Kingdom Hearts as well. The fool! Only one mystery remains. How did Xehanort, this is, as a quick note, this, when I read this the other day, I was like, wait, I don't know the answer to this question. So let's keep this in mind for however long it takes to be answered. How did Xehanort manage to open the door that appeared in the basement of my castle? No, any theory posited now when everything is nearing completion would be meaningless. Roxas, Ansem, Namine, they defy all logic, yet there they are. Singular exceptions to the rule. The theories proposed by me and by Organization 13 have been blown to pieces by a handful of strong-hearted individuals. Sora, Kairi, Riku. 
Ah yes, Riku, though his heart has its weaknesses, making it prone to darkness, he found support in the hope he discovered beyond suffering. This hope has allowed him to stand his ground and turn the darkness in his heart from an enemy into his greatest weapon. When all this is over, it is my fervent hope that he will be able to return with Sora to his island. If I can, I should like to return to Radiant Garden to look once more upon the beautiful water, the lovely flowers, and the hopeful smiles of the people. Dear King, my friend, I believe that at some point in time you will come across these, my truthful accounts. How I wish I could have chatted and podcasted with you again. <laughs> I was a fool, obsessed with revenge. Forgive me. Okay. Yeah, so... The, so yeah, the, the door in the basement thing is still a mystery. The door in the basement thing, because that was in the original Ansem reports in Kingdom Hearts 1... That he followed a Heartless down into the depths of the basement, and a door appeared that was never there before, and he opened it, and he saw something inside that he thinks was the heart of the world, and then I think he said that night there was a meteor shower, representing the barrier preventing the Heartless from getting in, being broken. And everything we know suggests that those doors can only be opened by... I mean, we actually have never seen one opened, but we know that they can be locked by Keyblades. Presumably, they could also be opened by Keyblades. And then Heartless, like, just beat the shit out of them until they pop open. I don't know how Ansem or how Xehanort got that door open. I really have no idea. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess if it depends on... Well, I've seen a Xehanort with a Keyblade, but... Uh, I will just say... Apprentice Xehanort does not have a Keyblade. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that I know of. Yeah, me. <laughs> Here's something I'll say. Uh, this can be both a teaser and also a, God damn it, what the fuck is wrong with these games? Uh, the most recent Kingdom Hearts release was Melody of Memory, the rhythm game. Uh, and the main story cutscene at the very end did deal with sort of the fall of radiant garden okay. <laughs> great that seems like seems like a good subject for your rhythm game it makes sense in context but <laughs> <laughs> point being they are still they are still delving into all this shit so i do think that 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 the door is very much still in play and will be answered at some point i don't know what i don't know what the answer could be Maybe but, Lux, maybe Luxord did it. <laughs> maybe Luxord did it. It was Luxord and Demix. They they held hands and they summoned a big two person keyblade and they broke the door down with it. Keyblade of cool guy heart. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah. Uh, that is the final secret Ansem report. Wahoo! We did it. <laughs> huh? Yeah. I so. so did you, you said you just didn't read them when you were a kid, or were they not oh, in it? Oh, fuck no. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Absolutely not. They sound long. They are long. I was, I mean, Jesus, how old would I have been? Maybe like 11? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's... 12, 13 yeah. at the oldest, I think. Yeah, I, I wasn't reading. <laughs> I wasn't reading journal entries. Yeah. Jiminy Cricket might as well not exist. <laughs> No, I actually I actually installed a mod to let me step on him and crush him and destroy <laughs> his journal and remove it from the menu entirely. Oh no. Oh well. I was a child. I didn't know what I was doing. That's impressive that but you were able to you were able to install that on your PS2. On my PlayStation 2, yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, we're we're at the big door that the Kingdom Hearts Worlds whatever created whatever. Uh Sora Sora Riku and Mickey use their keyblades to open it. Uh it does need to be said in 
a very Kingdom Hearts sort of way. Kyrie does not use her Keyblade to open it, even though she does have one. Yeah. She doesn't know and how yet, don't, maybe. Don't you dare fucking tell me that, because Sora does it by accident in Kingdom Hearts 1. Oh, yeah. He accidentally uh, seals the keyhole that is in Alice in Wonderland's door's mouth. <laughs> right, yeah. When he And he loved it. The door fucking loved it. It was really gross. Uh, yeah. I, I like this moment where... Uh, oh, I guess Xemnas hasn't entirely given up on his plan, even though he doesn't have any Keyblade wielders to take advantage of anymore, because they go through the door, and he says, Hmm, your loyalty to your hearts has led you to your deaths. Perhaps it doesn't pay to be loyal to one's heart. I will have to be sure to remember that. <laughs> That's a pretty good line. Pretty good line. <laughs> Uh, this is where he starts throwing buildings at them. What is this place? Uh, my understanding is that basically the world that never was is just fucked up. It's all, it's all just getting warped and destroyed and he's just throwing buildings. Cause these are the same sorts of buildings that are in the city that they're in. So this is just a different part of the world that never was. That he maybe there there was a part where the world kind of like folds in on itself into like an inverted sphere. Yeah, I think that he's I think he's just kind of ripping it up. Okay, it's not the weirdest it's, thing. It's, he, a, it's not the weirdest it, thing he's going to do. So no. that's fine. <laughs> no, I tell you what though, if we're if we're comparing Kingdom Hearts final boss ridiculous over the top set piece battles, this blows Ansem's big boat out of the water. It does, but I do love the big boat. I love the big boat, but this this is just a million times cooler, in my opinion. Uh, so yeah, he starts throwing buildings at them, and Mickey and Kyrie get knocked back through the door because the PS2 can only handle two party members. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got Riku and either Donald or Goofy. Right. And then Xemnas has a skyscraper ship. Y- yeah... It's already part dragon, right? I can't remember when it becomes a dragon. It might already be a dragon, but it's definitely a dragon later. I think at this point it has dragon-ish elements. Yeah, uh, and it's like shooting giant laser blasts at them, and they're like... They're doing like Sonic the Hedgehog stunt jumps off of flying buildings. Yeah, Sora does like a sick like sl- X-slash through a building, and then like... It falls apart behind him when he go after he's gone through it. God, did you see the part where uh, it says <laughs> Sora's like stay? There, it's like on the engines or something of the ship, and it's like Xemnas is gonna fire the blaster at you. Use stunt dodge to get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, he does like a five hundred foot leap. Oh my god! Ultimately, though, they they find themselves in front of Xemnas, who is now sitting in a giant nobody logo throne, wearing a huge suit of armor and holding a sword that I'd say is maybe 15 feet tall. It's like, yeah, it's like at least three times as big as he is. Um, And also, I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be like his hair or like a cape or what but there's something like coming off the back of his armor that like wraps around the entire length of the room on the wall i felt like it was like jumper cables or something you know whatever it was it's incredible i if you if you haven't seen armor zemness i mean just look up this fight it's ridiculous it's so good it, uh, is this the same armor that was in his basement no, it's not, but 
this is a suit of armor that we will see again hmm. in one of the prequels. Okay. Hmm. I I just love this concept of a boss who he's in a throne and he won't even get out of the throne to fight. It's very Dark Souls. And he's constantly telling you that you're a dumbass and Oh my like, god, yeah. that's right. Yeah. He has all these he has all these voice lines throughout the fight where he's like, Can you really trust Riku? Yeah. Can you It's I, like Zemnis, that's not gonna work. And just like Sora. this is useless and Yeah. We're so, so, so far past that, Zemnis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> remember the time that you raced each other on the island do you remember so it's like hmm i have you know what you're right i hate this guy do you still remember the score you won five <laughs> times and riku won a hundred the score is three to 99 are you sure you want to treat this man as an ally be great if the game gave you a choice <laughs> Sora just like tearfully turns his keyblade on Riku. Yeah. I'm sorry, Riku, he's right. Then you get the bad end. I never got over all the times you beat me at the obstacle course. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> That's true. I haven't either. Yeah. That's why Riku's my least favorite character. Just kidding. I love Riku. Uh so where are we? Oh yeah, they they beat him. They reappear on top of the castle with Mickey and Kyrie. I'll I'll dub in the sound of <laughs> Of, of Zemnis getting killed. This is, this is a, a good part where Zemnis is, he's like addressing Kingdom Hearts he's, again. He's like, I need more rage. I need more hearts. And Sora says, there's more to hearts than rage and darkness. Don't you remember? And Zemnis just goes, no. Yeah, he, he actually seems kind of sad when he says that, like, I, I don't know, maybe that was just me, but it seemed like he was sad that he doesn't remember what positive emotions are. If if he did seem sad, I didn't make a note of it, but I do believe you. But again, um, he, he would be lying, so. Because he can't be sad. Did, did you like the part where everyone jumps up and down? You, uh, be more specific? <laughs> the part where Xemnas disappears for, like, the third time in all of this, and they think that he's really, truly defeated... <laughs> And Goofy and Donald and I think also Mickey are just like looping, jumping up and oh. down in the background. <laughs> yes, I, yes, that was very good. <laughs> uh, oh, this is a this is a great little moment where Sora is like, "So are you coming back to the islands with us, Riku?" And he's like, "How could I possibly face everyone after everything I've done?" And Sora like makes a silly face and goes like this. <laughs> yeah, that that ruled there. All the this part too, and I, I think you we talked about this before, but like you're doing like team up attacks with Riku constantly, and so like they're mm -hmm. really building up like oh man, this great friendship they're reunited again at last, and like this whole part of the end of the game really sells that, and I think it yeah I think it really works, and that, yeah it, and the like this thing is one of the one of those moments for sure. We also we get a Riku laugh. And I don't know that we've ever heard him laugh before. Yeah, we've heard him go like, huh. But <laughs> yeah, no, it was. But a yeah, this is like a full on, a full laugh. And it's, it's really nice to hear. Yeah. Uh, I do also, I just remembered, speaking of Riku, I do, I do need to make another apology because I took another look at his outfit and I think I really gave him too much credit for how normal his pants are. I think it's still in the top 1% of normal outfits in Kingdom Hearts. 
No question, but I did say that he was wearing just normal jeans, and then I looked at his pockets. What's up with the pockets? He has, like, it looks like he has sewn on, like, giant pouches that, like, reach his knees. Yeah. I assume those are for putting potions in, much like Sora's. Uh, potions and, uh, his, like, slam book that he has to make fun of Sora with. <laughs> and crystals that he can hold up and look at the sun. <laughs> everyone has one, but, uh, but Roxas, so. <laughs> I mean, it's everyone but Roxas and Donald. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but then the castle starts to shake. Oh no, I thought that everything was good. Uh, and Riku tries to open a corridor of darkness to escape through and is like, oh shit, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, oh, this is something, I can't remember if we talked about this last week or if we talked about it on Discord after the recording, but I don't think I quite picked up on what was going on with Namine, which was that I think when she and Kairi like touched hands when she was saving her from the cell, I think that that was when Kairi like sort of started absorbing her back into herself. Yeah, because... we we did talk about that on the episode. Okay, yeah, because yeah, we saw her kind of warping a little when they were confronted by Saix, and now in this part, like, nobody except for, I think, Kyrie and Sora can see her at all. Um, yeah. And she opens a corridor for them. Mickey and Donald just, like, run right past her, and they go, huh, where'd this come from? <laughs> uh, and then uh, Namine looks at Sora and says, see, we meet again, and Sora's like, who the fuck are you? And then Roxas just walks right out of his body. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> yeah, I, I love this shit. Roxas, it's the fact that Sora is so, so, so rightfully confused through all of this. But yeah, Roxas reappears and he's like, yeah, you said we might not recognize each other next time we meet, but you were right. And he says something like, I see myself the way you remember me and you see yourself the way I remember you, I guess. Yeah, I think it's, you know, that he, he, he sees Namine and not Kyrie. I think is what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, so, oh, okay. So the part of Sora's heart that Roxas is in looks at Kyrie and sees Namine and vice versa. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes uh, sense. TM. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a weird kind of, like, victory lap that they have here where they're like, it's really cool that we uh, have refused with our original selves so that we can be together again, unlike usual nobodies who are fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is, I do like that, though. I mean, Ed, I think, well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I, I like that Roxas and Namine get to be together if Sora, yeah. Sora and Kyrie are together. Yeah, oh yeah, they they say, like, uh, Kyrie is like, well, well, you two, Sora and I are going to be together every day from now on, and Sora is like, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love when Roxas just <laughs> turns to Sora and goes, hey, look sharp! <laughs> Look, I know this is confusing, but you gotta pull your shit together. <laughs> I'm always a little sad. I like, I think I like Roxas maybe a little more than Sora. Um, mm. But that's, you know, Sora's, Sora in this in this last bit, I like quite a bit. Yeah, I do like Roxas a lot. I feel like as much as I do like Roxas and I like his story a lot, I feel like I've never quite been as taken with him as a lot of people are i i don't know if it's like residual feelings of confusion at playing the prologue back in the day i don't know i i do like him a lot but i i feel like he doesn't make me like weep as much as some people 
Yeah, it's not that. I think it's the <laughs> Sora's shtick can be irritating at times with just like not <laughs> understanding anything ever. And the fact that Roxas is like a little sharper than Sora, I tend to like. That's true. But Sora also wouldn't do the like this thing. Or sorry, Roxas <laughs> wouldn't do that. And so that, no, no, never. That's what makes Sora good. Yeah, and I I really like that they are fundamentally very different types of people even. I I think maybe we've talked about this before, but I think it would have been easy and lazy enough to be like, "Oh yeah, Roxas is basically just a different version of Sora," but they're entirely different people, and I appreciate that. Yeah, what if he was just goth Sora? Ugh. He really the I'm opposite. Sure that, of- I'm sure I'm sure we could find a million edits of that in a second if we try. Yeah. Yeah. But I won't for once. Um, oh, I Googled it and my computer crashed. Whoops, there's too much. <laughs> overload, overload. <laughs> Tron, no! Oh, no, Tron! Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they they all uh, go through the corridor, except no, they don't. Actually, Sora and Riku uh, don't, because it closes before they can. And they're the only ones left behind at the castle as a... Oh, yeah, this is where the fucking dragon nobody shows up. It's like a dragon with rockets and stuff on it. Yeah, it's like a... It's like... I I call it a a dragon nobody. It's a nobody-themed dragon, I should say. It's like if... Imagine if a rocket ship was made of skyscrapers and also shaped like a dragon. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Uh... And then, uh, speaking of a lot going on, the castle starts to topple over, uh, but Riku, at the last moment, manages to jump onto a convenient hover bike with a side platform for Sora to stand on. Yeah, it's a nobody-themed, like, uh, hover car from Star Wars. This is the sidecar that runs on Grimaces. Oh! This is it. There it is! That's that's why Riku is powering it with his darkness. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh and yeah they have a an aerial hover bike battle with dragon Zemnis, and they have to charge their mega laser for a powerful attack mm-hmm. i do like the idea of riku looking over at sora and Sora's just like grinning really wide because that's just what he does when he gets into a vehicle <laughs> yeah, and riku's like sora no the ship's going down sora just starts smiling bigger <laughs> this ship runs on angry faces oh no we get we get the Kingdom Hearts one scene, but it's reversed. So he's like, <laughs> oh, "I want that." Maybe in Kingdom Hearts four, um, the dragon crashes into the ground and the head opens up, and Zemnis is back in his armor and throne. <laughs> it was weird that we got thrown round two. Yeah, I think I think they wanted to do it a second time without Donald and Goofy. I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they fight. Um, Oh, that's right. No, before they even fight, they're just standing here and Xemnas is sitting in his throne with his gigantic sword that could probably reach them from where he's sitting if he wanted to. But before they even fight, uh, Sora is like, you know, Riku, I wanted to thank Naminé back there, but it just didn't feel like the right time. And Riku, I like Riku's line where he's like, once we beat this guy, you can thank her all you want. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Is this the uh, time? They beat him. Is this something they do like the team up attack where it's like their two keyblades kind of like hover in the air and like generate energy between them and then blow up? Oh, I can't remember when that happens. That does happen at some point. It is. I think it's one of the throne fights, and that's a really cool team up attack. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, they That actually is sort of a signature team-up attack for Sora and Riku. There are a number of times when they fuse their Keyblades together. Oh. I actually, that is what I was talking about when I, when I made that joke about Luke Sword and Demix doing that. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, uh, they beat this form of Zemnis. I think we are on now our fifth form. Yeah. There's the one that Sora fought at the skyscraper. There was the one in the, there was the ship with the armor. There was the dragon. Then there's the second armor. Yeah. Now we're on our fifth phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are in a, very a very if if there's ever been something deserving to be called the realm of nothingness it's this just a a gray white void with like a hole as far as the eye can see like a hole in the floor is there a hole in the floor i think there's like yeah like a weird it, it looks like the floor kind of like stretches into a drain oh maybe i, I never looked at that yeah um but zemnis has put on his classic iconic zebra coat this thing's super sick um i look i know that it's like light and dark and what if nobodies were somewhere in between it's very silly oh it's silly but i love it i think he looks so good and i actually did i liked that because like whether or not actually i was gonna say zenmus doesn't seem to have an issue saying that hearts have light and dark in it that was just a uh, ansem seeker of darkness huh yeah Okay. Which makes sense. He was literally the seeker of darkness. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so yeah, this this version is it's just him being like, yeah, I'm I'm light and dark, and I don't know. I thought it was cool. I, it also did make me wonder if the idea of this was that since the black coats protect you from darkness, I wonder if maybe the black and white coat is supposed to protect you from darkness and light. Maybe, maybe. I think he just wanted. Interesting. I think he just wanted to look super cool. <laughs> Yeah, I do. It's also it's really cool, and I I really like that you get a final battle that is just fight the guy. You know, yeah, that's the best. The best fights are fighting a guy that's kind of like you but stronger. Yeah, because I I love the the final battle against Ansem in Kingdom Hearts One pre boat where he's he's like hovering around. He's got his cum guardian. <laughs> That that's a really good fight, and then you fight the boat, which is like a cool set piece. But it's also kind of like stupid easy, and you can go to sleep. Yeah, I like yeah, like a big like Dark Souls stuff. Like the big bosses are often cool and fun to look at, but the more fun bosses are the the dudes that you have to actually I don't know run around and parry and stuff. Yeah, and this is a, this is a great fight, and you're fighting with Riku, which is also helpful for it being great. And I love this part where Zemnis says, "If light and darkness are eternal, then surely we nothings must be the same." And Riku and Sora are like, "That makes sense, but that doesn't mean that you're eternal, Zen Zemnis." <laughs> Got him. Nothingness might go on forever, but that doesn't mean I'm not gonna fucking kill you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to spill the blood. <laughs> There's some really cool parts here. There's a part where uh, Sora gets like trapped in a laser sphere and you get to play as Riku to save him. That's great. Oh, I didn't, Did re you... I didn't realize that. W I didn't know that's what was happening, but okay. Yeah. yeah. Did you like the laser dome? The laser dome. Oh my God. If you don't remember the laser dome, it means that you didn't see the laser dome. <laughs> I watched it, like, last week, so I might have missed he the laser dome. summons, like, the whole area, like, goes black, and Xemnas just disappears, and he summons all around Sora and Riku 
just a dome of like glowing red lasers that just shoot at them one after the other, just and they have to like block them with their keyblades. Oh yes, yeah, that part's really, I that part's really really cool. <laughs> it's so cool and also hilarious for a gameplay reason, which is that. A recurring mechanic in Kingdom Hearts 2 is when you do, like, limits where you do team-up attacks, a lot of the time it will have you mash triangle and X, and triangle will usually control your partner while X controls Sora. Mm. And this is a part where you mash triangle to have Riku block and X to have Sora block, but those limits and team-up attacks and things are, like, the only times where you have to press triangle and X at the same time. And every other case, if you're pressing triangle, you're only pressing triangle, which means that basically everyone who has ever played Kingdom Hearts 2, uh, Riku is just, like, blocking all these hundreds and hundreds of lasers, <laughs> while Sora just goes... <laughs> is there any repercussion to that? Uh, I think you can fucking die. Oh, okay. All right. I think I think that if you're... The lasers only do so much damage. Got it. Because this is like the end of the fight. I think I think they do minimal enough damage that it's hard to actually die to this. Right. It's Unless most- you're like already really low. It's mostly just looking cool. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, it is very funny every time I've ever watched someone play this. I, I don't know if I ever knew how this worked, but yeah. <laughs> just always see Sora getting shot to shit while Riku <laughs> does all of his cool blocking. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, once, once the laser dome is all, all diminished, uh, Xemnas, uh, he's like, it's sort of his, his final, his final attack. He's basically expended all of his energy at this point. So he like kind of tries to pin Riku down. Riku throws Sora his keyblade and then Riku gets to dual wield. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, Sora gets to dual wield. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, they... They charge a big beam of light and blast Xemnas through the chest, killing him for real this time. I sure hope so. For real. I I don't believe you. <laughs> I, I, honestly, look, I honestly don't believe like anyone's ever died in this series. Look, there are there are like five times in this part where Xemnas does a huge agonizing scream and then vanishes and then reappears later for another boss fight. Right. Well, and, this time he doesn't. Yeah, but also Mlifson came back. Well, when when Xemnas's bird flies into the the fairy's tower <laughs> with the black and white robe, then then we'll see. But that's that's the end of Xemnas. Yeah, bye Xemnas. But it's not the end of the nobodies because Sora and Riku are immediately surrounded by maybe one thousand dusks. <laughs> right. I I do like that. There's just like a little cut. Where they're like, looks like we've got some more fighting to do, and it's just like, just like fade to white, and then it's them like <laughs> collapsing on the ground, exhausted. It's good they didn't make you do more fighting. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Riku has kind of he's kind of despairing a little bit, and Sora's like, hey, don't don't say that stuff. Like we're gonna we're gonna find a way out of this. Uh, you, he says, like, you've been hanging out in the dark for too long. You gotta try thinking positive for once. I thought Riku was fucking dying here for a while. It really seemed like he was going to. Yeah. I mean, it kind of seemed like he was basically ready to just lie down and waste away on the ground here. Well, and there's a couple, you know, there's the, he's like, 
uh, like, oh, you don't need to carry me. I'll stand up on my own. And then he collapses. And <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I thought he was. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, I don't yeah. think Riku's going to be dead, but maybe he's going to partially die. There were a couple time skips uh, through these cutscenes, and at some point we have to assume that Sora used a cottage from the menu. Oh, okay, yeah. That'd, yeah, that would be good. Just pull, <laughs> pulls out a house. <laughs> uh, I, I I really like this part. It's it's a great moment for Riku where he kind of accepts Sora's positivity and asks him for help, which is cool. Uh, and they, they kind of walk off. Uh, they're basically just walking into the void, but... They're confident that it's going to go somewhere, and they are right. Mm-hmm. Riku says, like, oh, you know, Sora, I always thought I was better than you. You know, the score was 99 to 1. Like, I have the, all the evidence was there. And Sora says, well, I always thought you were better at stuff than me, too, for the same reasons. Yeah, true. And then uh, a little light appears, and they follow it to the realm of darkness. And they appear at the dark margin, that uh, that beach that we've seen the, a couple times. The Death Stranding. <laughs> they appear on the beach at the Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I think this, yeah, this is the part where Riku is like, okay, I, I can walk. You can put me down. And then Sora like walks down to the beach and turns back and sees that Riku is just like on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> on his face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Riku gets a little edgy here, though. Yeah. I don't quite know what they were talking about here, but Riku says, I believe his line is, this world is perfect for me. If the world is made of light and darkness will be the darkness. And Sora says, yeah, that sounds good. Well, he says, yeah, because like Mickey and Donald and Goofy are out there and, and Kyrie are out in the light. And so we'll be here in the dark. And I kind of felt like he was trying to say like, oh, well, th- yeah, the realm of light has their heroes. I guess we could be the heroes here. Yeah. it. it I, I wasn't totally clear what he was saying, but it did. It. I think that was kind of the idea of it is like that. We we can just live here now, yeah. and if if anyone needs a helpful adventurer <laughs> to do a little quest for them, we can do that. Yeah, yeah, because he's just like he's confident that his friends are taking care of it out there, and so yeah, they'll be yeah. okay. Which I, I guess it makes sense that like if in theory, if you like fight the heartless in the realm of darkness, maybe you could sort of stem the flow of heartless into the realm of light. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, but th- this is nice because uh, this is the first time they've been to a beach together since the very beginning, and they they just are like listening to the waves together. Well, I, we kind of get a sense that like time is passing. I really uh, thought Riku was dying when he was like, "Get me to the water, Sora." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh God, oh no, Sora, can you perform the sending?" Yeah, right. Sora yeah, just starts dancing with his keyblade. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be oh how beautiful. Melody of memory. Oh, stay tuned. Okay, just kidding. It's it's not a game about Sora dancing with a key, his keyblade to send Riku to the afterlife. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, this is. I I really like these last couple scenes. I like that there's no music. You just hear the waves, and it's just like this very quiet scene of Sora and Riku being like, "We've been through some shit. Let's just say everything that we've been like keeping to ourselves." You know? Yeah. Riku is like, you know, I was always jealous that you just followed your heart all the time. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I don't know what exactly that means in the context of their their silly little island life where they were playing pretend with toy swords. But yeah, I mean, I would agonize over whether I would play on the swings or in the sandbox, and you'd already be in the sandbox. 
Yeah, I mean, Riku was always trying to be cool, and Sora just did his thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Sora's like, oh, well, you know, I was always wishing that I could be like you. And Riku says, well, this is this is so, so cheesy, but I love it. There's one advantage I have over you, something you could never imitate, having you for a best friend. Yeah, I like this. Yeah, and Sora says, well, in that case, I'm all right, because I've got something you could never imitate, too. And Riku's like, what? What is it? Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that made me tear up. I, I Again, no crying yet, but I, I teared up at that. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've I've got notes. I think I cried three times throughout this ending, so we'll oh, see okay. which which things got me. Um, there, a little bit more time passes. They're kind of just enjoying the breeze. It honestly, it it looks pretty fucking chill on this beach. Yeah, it seems nice. Other than Not the, a bad place to hang out. There's all the weird besides the wood. oppressive <laughs> darkness, sort of trying to like dig into your heart. Yeah, well, that's just life, right? I think there was something in here that we kind of glossed over where I think one of them said something to imply that, like, the two of them... Or, may, no, maybe I made this up. <laughs> I think I was thinking in my head about, like, are they not concerned about the fact that the darkness is, like, eating away at them? But I think I think we can probably assume that at least for some amount of time they are able to sort of keep each other sane in the darkness, I think, is what's going on. Yeah, it shouldn't be instantaneous. Yeah. Um, especially when you can make a smiley face. Yeah. Uh, and then what should show up but the very same letter that Kyrie wrote to Sora in the prologue of the game in a bottle on the beach. This letter's weird. It's a little weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go into pre-rendered cutscenes. <laughs> I hate to say it. I <laughs> When I see pre-rendered Sora, I don't care him. Yeah, I, I really... I don't like the way they look pre-rendered. Pretty much any of they, them. They do not look quite right. Nope. It's not It's not bad. It's it's like just weirdly different enough that it feels wrong. Definitely. And also when you see the Disney characters, it's the unca- uncanniest of valleys. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, they read the letter from Kyrie uh, and... Uh, she says something like, all worlds share the same sky, the same destiny. Uh, the door to light opens in front of them. Hey, remember in the very, very beginning of Kingdom Hearts 1? Yeah. When Mickey, and we didn't hear him, but it was Mickey saying in Sora's Dive to the Heart, you are the one who will open the door to the light? But Kyrie did it. Did they do it? They did it. Oh, there's a scene a little bit it's like a sort of epilogue scene where Sora's like where did it come from and Riku says like it came from your heart oh I guess I missed that I think Nomura has said at some point that the door to light is opened by hope I see I see I see okay so I think Sora receiving this letter from Kyrie, knowing that there's this sort of connection that they can make it back to their realm through the realm of darkness I think that's what did it I will say the payoff to the long-running mystery of what did Mickey mean by you are the one who will open the door to the light being when you end up in the realm of darkness, you'll be able to get out of it. Yeah, it's not very, like, <laughs> it's not a world-saving ability. Right, I think I think it really implied, like, you are the one who will, like, metaphorically open the door to a better future. Yeah, I, why didn't Nomura go with that? 
I don't know. And it's possible that that is maybe still his plan, and maybe this is just a different unrelated door to the light. Yeah, it doesn't seem like the door to the light. It seems like a door to the light. <laughs> maybe. But for now, this is what Mickey meant. Okay. We'll see if it meant something different later. <laughs> Uh, I think I started crying around this point. Uh, Sora and Riku go through the door together. They fall out of the sky. They land in the water outside the Destiny Islands. And they swim back. And Kairi's on the beach waving at them. Sanctuary starts playing, I think. Uh, I love when Donald and Goofy, like, tackle Sora. And then Riku swings Mickey around in the air. That was great. I, I liked remembering that they're friends. I love Riku and Mickey's friendship. It's so good. Yeah. And specifically the fact that he swings him around like a little boy is just so funny. That's the king, Riku. Mickey loves it, though. (laughs) Show some decorum. (laughs) Daisy is just standing in the background, frowning. Destiny Islands uh, uh, observes no kings. (laughs) Uh, Sora finally gives Kairi back her charm from the, uh, I mean, not even the end of Kingdom Hearts 1, but... When he got Oathkeeper. It does still look. And we see it does uh, Roxas and Naminé smiling at each other. The Thalassa still looks pretty funny. It it, it does look pretty silly. Um, and that, then, yeah, I think that's where we start getting the credits montage. Um, okay, I want to talk about the... Because there's a, I think there's a lot of just like... Like, oh, look, it's remember when we went to there? Remember when we went to... But eventually we get a montage of like, here's what happened to this guy. And the scene where Mickey, Donald, and Goofy go back to Disney Castle, plus Scrooge, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and Pluto. Mm-hmm. They're all back at the castle. They're in a big line at first. They're in a big procession. Daisy, like, runs over to Donald. I love when Donald, like, throws his arms in the air. He's like, Daisy! And they hug. That's really cute. Yeah. And then we cut to Mickey and Minnie holding hands. It's a political marriage, clearly. But we can see that they have somewhat grown to uh, at least tolerate each other's They, 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 they admire each other. <laughs> there's a mutual respect there mm-hmm. uh hayner faces off against cypher in the struggle championship uh Pooh and friends like march around and i think they i think they like look at the moon and probably think about sora right uh, mulan is like caught about to kiss shang by the funny friends or whatever we see Belle and Beast dancing in the ballroom, and he regains his human form, which I didn't remember happening in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I guess we're not going back there. Guess not. That's settled. I, hey, I would not mind going back, and they're like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, that would actually be pretty good. You, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they know that's, like, part of the deal, right? Yeah. I guess what would the story be at that point? They see him, and they're like, what? And then it's just like, well... On to the next Glad stuff's okay. Maybe Gaston could finally be in it, and he's back, and he's badder than ever. (laughs) Finally. He's got a robotic leg that he made Belle's dad make. (laughs) (laughs) It shoots steam out everywhere. I don't know. I will destroy all of the books. (laughs) (laughs) We see uh, Hercules and friends repairing the Colosseum. Phil is moved to tears. And this really surprised me. Not the thing that happens, but I was really surprised that this made me cry. The Auron thing? It's Auron is standing in the doorway of the Colosseum, like, watching from a distance. And he smiles and turns to leave, and he turns into pyreflies. Yeah? 
Yeah. That really got me, and I was very surprised by that. I haven't even finished the damn game. Yeah, it's, uh... I did like that. It's a cool nod to the Pyrefly stuff. Yeah, Jack, Will, and Elizabeth set off on a funny new pirate adventure together. Uh, Jack Skellington, I think he gets the least to do, where he's just, like, talking to the others. He's having a meeting, it would appear. He's having a meeting, unclear. And then, oh my god, Tron. Yeah. Tron restores his original, like, program guy form in the IO Tower, and he dances his way down the hallway. It's time for me to read my comment off of the 14-year-old YouTube video (laughs) from 10 months ago. Uh, Love Tron part. When he's dancing, he was cool and funny altogether, wasn't he? That's what I'm fucking saying. I also like how the way it it could be the Love Tron as well. (laughs) (laughs) He's a love machine. He is now. (laughs) They programmed him to dance and make merry. And make love. And make love. (laughs) Uh, There's a cute little shot of, like, Timeless River Mickey, like, riding off on Pete's boat and waving to the camera. Uh, Aladdin and Jasmine just fly around on the carpet with Genie, whatever. Yeah, who cares? Ariel and Eric wave to their finny friends. I think they got married and she has legs now. Yeah. They're, like, on the boat. It's just the the end of the Little Mermaid happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Rafiki presents Simba and Nala's baby, whose name I don't remember. I don't either. I don't think it's Kovu. No, because that's the cool lion. That's the cool one from the wrong side of the tracks. Yeah. And their daughter falls in love. Kiara, thank you. (laughs) Uh, Yuffie brings Sid some ice cream, and then the gullwings steal Yuffie's ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) I was really hoping that Merlin was going to come in and try to murder him again succeed we never see them again i i was surprised to even see them here yeah speaking of surprising things leon reads a mysterious note and we don't know what it is but the little renoa wings symbol like floats off of the page and into the air i was assuming maybe that was like a letter from his love interest or something yeah that's renoa okay yeah so yeah yeah I don't know why, I guess they couldn't think of a better way to show that it was from her than to have the wings float off of it. Yeah, I mean, unless you want to do, like, the, the Mario thing and it's got her face on it, <laughs> like like Peach's, <laughs> like Peach's letters. Uh, Aerith, classic Aerith, uh, does nothing. Yep. <laughs> we just see her just sitting. She's doing an Aerith. Doing nothing, thinking about something, maybe. She's thinking about the one time she owned that computer. <laughs> that was great when I got a quip. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and then the last thing in the montage is Sora goes back to the cave. This is sort of a, a, a mirroring of the scene at the end of Kingdom Hearts 1. Uh, he finds the drawing where Kyrie gave him a pow-poo from herself. And he says, wow. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. And now... Now the credits are over. We get a little epilogue. The first of, I think, four... <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of this. Uh, Sora, Riku, and Kairi are hanging out on the island at their their classic tree that they don't let Riku sit on. <laughs> or... No, sorry. Ka- Kairi's not here. It's just Sora and Riku. Excuse me. Because hmm. uh, Kairi shows up in a minute. Uh, but Riku says, like, oh, nothing's changed, huh? And Sora says, nothing will. And Riku says, what a small world. And Sora says, yeah, but it's part of one that's much bigger. And that, for some reason, was my third and final cry of this viewing session. 
Hmm. Don't know. It's nice. It's nice. I wasn't surprised uh, when uh, Sanctuary started playing. That always gets me. But yeah, there were some new experimental cries on this viewing. That's what you get, you know, when you're deep in it. It's kind of like worst idea of all time. You're just just finding something new. (laughs) (laughs) And boy, am I deep in it. Uh, This is where Sora is like, what was the door to the light? And Riku points at his heart. Uh, And then Kairi runs in with a message in a bottle with Mickey's seal on it. Oh. And Sora pulls it out and they read it together. And we will find out what that is. In Kingdom Hearts Coded. Oh no, is it... I've made a bad computer. <laughs> you cannot possibly guess what Kingdom Hearts Coded is about, but we've got a ways to go before that happens. Good. This is our first secret ending. I guess we, we get two secret endings and then one secret boss that we gotta talk about. Uh, but this secret ending is in the original game. It's called The Gathering. We're in a desert. We get uh, Ansem reports scrolling by for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And there's a, a figure in armor where, uh, holding a huge keyblade yeah, uh, pretty- standing on top of some kind of ruined machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's two more people in armor. Uh, one of them, I don't know if you noticed, one of the three of them is the armor from Xemnas's Chamber of Repose. Which one? It's the kind of bluish one. Okay. Uh, and they, they all walk over to these three keyblades that are sticking out of the ground. They're Sora's, Mickey's, and Riku's. And they're all, they're all kind of worn. And each of them pulls out one of the keyblades. And I've done so much thinking about what thematic significance there could be to which keyblade each one of them grabs. But I'm pretty sure that there is not any. Hmm. Uh, I also don't... Here's the thing. This was, this was with the original Kingdom Hearts 2... A lot of this is kind of teasers of stuff that we can look forward to. Right. I don't think that the fact that Sora, Mickey, and Riku's Keyblades are here and that these three are finding them, I don't think that that is considered to have happened. I don't think that that will ever happen. Uh, I wouldn't think too much about it. Okay, great. And, uh, yeah, the camera pulls back. This is a cool shot. They're standing in... We see that they're standing in the center of this, like, sort of giant X-shaped clearing in a massive field of keyblades some sort of keyblade graveyard maybe one could call it that i suppose hmm hmm and then they look off in the distance and they see a hazy figure approaching them and that is the end of the gathering and it is also the beginning of birth by sleep <laughs> as the hazy figure approaches and is revealed to be an old guy ah wait two old guys oh no Wait, it's one old guy and one D-mode Riku, but the D stands for Daft Punk Helmet. Yeah, that guy looks cool. He looks really cool except for his grass skirt. Oh yeah, I'm still, I I like those. (laughs) Someone has to. Yeah. Uh, Most of this is a big fight scene. We don't need to talk about this fight scene too much because in the same way that uh, the fight between Roxas and Riku was later just part of Days. This is just part of Birth by Sleep. Okay. So if there's anything in particular you want to call out, feel free. No, it's just it's it's pretty cool. Um 
seems like the old guy is way too powerful. <laughs> it really does seem like that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> the other guy doesn't even do that much. It's pretty much just the old guy shooting millions of keyblades and magic everywhere. Yeah. Uh, we we do see the only thing that I think is worth mentioning here specifically in this fight is over the course of the fight, all three of their helmets get destroyed right. to some extent. Uh, the blue armor, we we see uh, it is a woman with blue hair mm-hmm. who uh, the fandom really needs to fucking chill out about. <laughs> no. No, they say. God. Sorry. I literally, I will check the Kingdom Hearts subreddit because I'm an idiot. And a couple mornings ago... The top post was just a screenshot of her from behind just cropped onto her ass. Gross. Gross. Fucking stop. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, the smaller of the three of them looks an awful lot like Roxas. He does. Hmm. You know, sorry, I want to go back one moment. We're a pro Kingdom Hearts podcast, but we're an anti-gamer podcast. That is exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to make that clear, is that I'm a gamer, but I shouldn't be. Well, I, I'm i not a gamer, I'm a gamester. Okay. It's a person who plays games, but is normal about it. Okay, yeah, I think that's I think that's how I am. I don't know if I'm normal about it, but I'm not weird like that. <laughs> You're right. No, I'm a person who plays games, but is uh, not gross about it. Let's go with that. Yeah, same. <laughs> they they do call me the gaming freak. Let's say I played Ancestors for fun, and that game's not good or fun. Okay, Ancestors: The Humankind Odyssey is the greatest game ever made. It sucks shit. It's not fun. It's hard, but to, yeah, but a monkey, a monkey. You eat mushrooms until you stop throwing up. <laughs> you um you <laughs> you burden humankind with anxiety. <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know what this game is which is everyone this is a game about evolving apes yeah into not humans but closer to humans the game the game ends like a hundred bazillion bazillion years before humans yeah you get to like but you, you get to like homo habilis or something i don't know you do get to teach the apes uh, how to eat eggs and meat and fruit and stuff by basically just eating stuff and then throwing up. And then if you just keep doing that, eventually you stop throwing up. Eventually your 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 body develops the enzymes or your or your descendants will. Which I have to assume that's how we did it. Yeah, I think that's what the game's kind of supposed to I mean, not quite like that, but yeah. <laughs> no, exactly like that. Oh, okay, exactly like that. This game is a documentary. Yeah, and then if you break your leg, you just, like, rub some stuff on it and take a nap. Yeah, so that's how gamers work. Yeah. Um, the the third armored Keyblade wielder, uh, his helmet shatters off, and he looks up into the sky as the old man summons Kingdom Hearts. It is a big heart-shaped moon. Mm-hmm. And his eyes turn yellow. Yeah. And then Mickey Mouse watches, looking pissed off. Right. Oh, wait. Is that for real? I Did I miss that? Oh my god, yeah, the the final shot is it cuts, like, off to the distance. Mickey is standing with his keyblade, and he's looking so oh, mad. yeah, no, you're right, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. Mickey looks like That's... the American box art of his video game. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> Mickey's mad adventure. <laughs> 
Uh, and now, the last, last, last thing. <laughs> uh, I believe if you load your save file after end credits, you can go back to Disney Castle to the Hall of the Cornerstone, and there's a portal. And if you go through this portal, you get to the very same desert where the secret endings happened. And the the armor the armor who was standing on the robot the one who has the big keyblade the one who his eyes turned yellow that suit of armor is kneeling on the ground with big keyblade and it speaks to sora in a weird sort of hollow metallic sound mhm uh i'll i'll lightly spoil this right now because i'm saying armor this is the armor there's nobody in it yeah this is the thing that i was aware of but i don't really know the whole story about yeah i uh, i think i'm calling it a spoiler but i think it's literally in the journal after you beat the fight because this is called the lingering will and it's basically a possessed suit of armor what if a suit of armor was so mad that it could walk and talk yeah uh walk and talk and fly around on a hover bike yes (laughs) i really like the sound that it makes when it talks yeah it's it's very like (laughs) evil robot sound if a suit of armor could talk if this is probably what it would sound like a suit of armor could scream at you this is what it would sound like (laughs) yes and it says aqua then a keyblade who are you i know you we've met before way back when no that wasn't you you're not the one i chose where is he xehanort is that you xehanort xehanort and then it stands up and it picks up its giant fucking keyblade, and it has a hell fight with you. Yeah. I've never fought the Lingering Will. It looks like an absolute nightmare. Looks like you have to use Sora's flying ability a lot if you're going to make it through it. Yeah, because, I mean, the the two main abilities that it has that I need to call out are it can turn its keyblade into a giant laser rocket launcher, mm-hmm. and it can fly around on a hoverbike. And it basically just, like, keeps running you over with the hover bike. Or, <laughs> yeah. well, I think it's hitting you with its keyblade from the hover bike, but, yeah. It's so hard to say. It, there's so much stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> it looks really hard. Uh, it looks really cool, though. Yeah. And then you beat it. Uh, or, more likely, you don't. Uh, but if you beat it, <laughs> or if you watch the cutscene, uh, it says, that's it. Your power. That's what I felt within you. And it plants its keyblade back into the ground. And it kneels again, and that's the end. Yeah. It's cool. I it, it has a very cool, like, ominous, sort of solemn energy to it. Yeah. I mean, because <laughs> something bad happened to make this armor happen. And yeah. so that's exciting to find out what, what that is exactly. Yeah. I, I love the imagery of this, like, kneeling suit of armor. Yeah. It's really good. That's it. That's the end of Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah. The ending was very cool. I liked it. Yeah, it's such a cool ending that it makes me want to say, good fucking game. But then I remember everything else that happened in it. I think it's a pretty good game. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we might have talked about this last time, but there's a lot of stuff, even in the Disney worlds, which are not good. There's a lot of stuff that is fun and really does a good job, like, getting across the theme of the world. You know, going going on missions for Captain Shang... Uh, sailing around on the Black Pearl, stuff like that. Even the worlds that don't hold up as cutscenes are generally still good to play. 
Yeah, I was just yeah, I was talking to Sam about how I can't really judge this game because I didn't play it. Uh, but you know, we ju- mostly we're just talking about the story here, and the story is <laughs> pretty middling for quite some time. But it, it really picks up there at the end. Yeah, anytime they're not in a Disney World or the Disney World is Tron. <laughs> <laughs> Those parts are really good. I mean, the prologue is still, like, one of the best stories that Kingdom Hearts has ever told, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the part's really cool. Yeah. Except for, Um, I did learn one thing from the interview, which is that apparently Diz's computer was connected to uh, Sora's pod, and so that simulation was happening in the same computer that's connected to his pod, and I don't know, that just... I don't know why. Every time I hear about the computer, and I thought nominee, I thought nominee was just putting the memories back. I didn't think a computer was helping. You are gonna love Kingdom Hearts Coded. It's all about computers and what computers are, and if a computer can cry, I bet it can. The good news is our next game is Birth by Sleep, which is set uh, in the past before computers were invented. Oh yeah, well Nomura had something to say about that in the interview that I that I read. Uh-huh. Uh, and which will oh, lead, right. which will lead to my crackpot corner. Um, okay. Oh no. Yeah. So they asked about the scene, the big the Keyblade Cemetery scene, and they said, "Did that scene happen in the future or in the past?" Namura says, "I would at least say it's an episode in the past, but hmm, how should I say this? <laughs> it's in the past, but you can also think it's in the future, something like that." Hmm, how should I say that? Not like that. <laughs> Any other way, I think. Uh, and that made me go, okay, Crackpot Corner time, uh, all of Kingdom Hearts takes place in our future. So it's the past of the story, but it's our future. And that makes sense, because that's why all the worlds that exist are things from our pop culture, because this is a weird fragmented future where all that all that remains is like our memories. And so... The memories of Disney World is all that is all that remains, and a little bit of kingdom. this is the dystopia that Disney wants. Yeah, yeah, it's that, or with based on Nomura's other obsessions, it's like a simulation of D- the Disney World was making that went awry. <laughs> <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> I think that what I think that what uh, Nomura probably meant was this is a prequel look forward to when we make this game in the near future. Yeah. But I do, I do love the idea. Kingdom hearts is going to turn out to be like cyclical or like there's like a time machine and it ends with Sora going back in time and murdering Walt Disney. So none of this can ever happen. Wow. What a dream. Um, what a dream. (laughs) Uh, yeah. I mean, or it's like some star Wars bullshit where star Wars tries to pretend that it's happening in our universe a long time ago. You know, I was just listening to the latest episode of Noise Space annual minute-by-minute New Hope podcast, and also with you, which I recommend. Okay. Uh, I think they've got four years now, so you can binge it. Binge and also with you, everybody. Uh, But they were talking about the timeline of Star Wars because apparently, I don't want to just, I don't want to just spoil their discussion of this, but I will say uh, that... There is some uh, timeline stuff that you can kind of pin when the Battle of Yavin happens in the timeline of real life. (laughs) And it's 
a long time ago, but not as long ago as you might have guessed. And I'll just leave it at that. I'm excited to hear that because I love dumb Star Wars stuff. It's a it's a great podcast. I recommend it. All right. Cool. Um anything else we want to say? General general concluding thoughts. We we finished this in pretty good time. What just I I thought it was pretty good. We you know, I continue to um harp on the Disney World stuff, but I really like how it came together to be about Riku and Sora in a big way. Um uh, I, I did think I was, you know, I thought for a minute it was going to end with them trapped in the other world, which was going to mm-hmm. like, I mean, be pretty similar to how <laughs> the last game ended. And there was, there was that <laughs> part of me that was like, oh, that'd be cool if then it was about like Kyrie going to get them out. But I, I know that's not what the other games are about. So, yeah, it's a real shame that they hang out on the Destiny Islands for about 45 seconds before they get the letter from Mickey. So he doesn't have time to go say hi to his mom. Who? Huh? Huh? What? <laughs> yeah. Does he not? I mean, also, uh, another thing. I, oh, here, here we go. Here's one thing. I was thinking about, I, I started listening to Kyle XY recently. Um, Kyle XY? Kyle XY. Yeah, sorry. And um, I was thinking about how it would be great if Sora went to school. Um, <laughs> like Kyle did. <laughs> and also Sora needs just so badly to go back to school. It would be the opposite of Kyle, because Kyle's in school, and it's like, Kyle goes to school basically just to learn social skills. Right. Sora has great social skills. He's always putting his fingers in his friend's mouth and stuff. So he would have to go to school to learn uh, anything else. Literally anything. (laughs) Yeah, they would give him the test that takes six hours, and he wouldn't do any of it, but then he wouldn't get any of it right at all. Sora Sora and friends are going into the computer to the world of Mavis Beacon teaches typing. That sounds pretty good. (laughs) He's finally going to learn how not to hunt and peck. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, my my final thoughts on Kingdom Hearts 2. I... I've I've long said that this is my favorite game in the series. I think revisiting it, while I do think that a lot of the worlds, even if the stories are not that good, I think that they are still good to play and experience firsthand. However, I think that this game does have a lot of big, weak points that I had forgotten about or I had put on my nostalgia goggles. I do think that Kingdom Hearts 3 is the best game in the series. Really? I'm I'm saying it. I think it might actually go, uh, do I put two above one? I don't know. I think that one is just, it's so, it's so relatively like concise. Like it just, it has its ideas and it just does them. And the Disney worlds all feel like they have purpose. Yeah. Plot- but also it's like 5% as fun. <laughs> yeah. Like plot wise, I think that I would even still put just from like a plot perspective two over one, because while I agree that like one is like more concise and easy to follow, it also is the series at the point where it's doing the least interesting stuff. Yeah, and two has it has way higher highs. The good moments of Kingdom Hearts two are like just so much more cool and exciting and interesting than Kingdom Hearts one. And I, you know, I love Kingdom Hearts one, but yeah, Agre- I think I think I'd probably go three, two, one. Okay. Of of the main games. And I, I probably would put those three at the top just generally. But yeah, that's that's just my opinion. I I I totally get why people put Kingdom Hearts 2 at the top, but I think I think there's some some weak shit that they forget about. 
Yeah, and it's easy to do that with video games, I think. Because, like, especially from that time, so many video games just ask you to do busy stuff that you Mm -hmm. just kind of gloss over that in your memory and during your playtime. Yeah, not to mention, like, these games, they're not... They're not super long, but they're certainly not short. No. And, uh, yeah, just by volume, you're you're gonna forget about, <laughs> like, hey, remember when it just cut to a scene from Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, for, like, three minutes? Yeah, you probably don't remember that. You might have gotten up and gotten a snack. <laughs> uh, um, this is Wish Us Duck. That's right. It's Wish Us Duck. This is the segment where we try to sound like Donald Duck. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything, anything we want to say? Any good, any good quotes? Zemnis quotes? Or we did Zemnis last time. Come to think of it, did Zemnis last time? Um, well, Donald did say you you won't get away with this to to Zemnis. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> I'll I'll take a whack at it. Okay. <clears throat> oh God, I haven't done this voice. Usually I will try to get one small bit of practice in during the week. I haven't done any. Yeah. <clears throat> Pretty good. That felt really intelligible. Yeah, I yeah, it was. That was worse. Yeah, I'm worried about mine because I definitely haven't practiced because I spent um, a lot of my weekend out of commission with food poisoning. So. Oh, no. But, you know. That's also partially an excuse. I mean, hey, no better time to practice. Well, I literally was only awake for four hours on Friday because I was so sick. <laughs> <laughs> That's four hours you could have... No. All right. Here we go. I do think you're getting better. Me too. That was that was not bad. Yeah. Hold on. Look at us go. One more time. You got anything else to say about with, in Donald Duck voice? Uh... No. <laughs> okay. Good. I was trying to remember the lyrics of his of his hit song, but I couldn't. <laughs> oh no! It fell apart. Uh huh. I tried to say that makes <laughs> sense, but um. It's hard to do uh, s's. I think. Yeah, you kind of just have to do the s and then move back into the cheek. Yeah, like a or like a th sound. I have made a decision about what we're going to watch next time. Okay. Next time, we will be back with Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. Uh, I've decided we, because this is the one where there's three playable characters, and I've been going back and forth on how I want to do it. Do I want to put them all together? Do I want to watch them separately? I have decided we are going to be starting with Ventus, the boy who looked like Roxas. Yeah. We are going to watch Land of Departure, which is the starting area. And we will probably then do Dwarf Woodlands, uh, Snow White, Trout, and Trout Castle Lands. Dreams, Cinderella. Okay. Can't wait to hear about some droughts. <laughs> That's right. Draft Woodlands. Excuse yeah. me. <laughs> Foolish. How silly of me. <laughs> I saw it spelled that way twice. It must be right. I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this one. It's such a... It's such an interesting turn for Kingdom Hearts. It seems cool. I'm I'm interested for sure. People talk about it a lot. So yeah, yeah. I this might surprise you. Uh, I have a lot of opinions about it. Okay. It turns out. Yeah. I'm sure I will too. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to do a podcast about that? Uh, that'd be okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Sounds good. It's great. So we will be back next week to talk about 
Ventus in Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, and we will finally meet the man who we are imitating when we say our classic sign-off, Gameline. I can't wait. Uh, or I guess I only have to wait one week, so I will wait one week. Oh, that's right. We're not actually quite done. Uh, co-host, sounds about light. Twitter, sounds about light. I'm on <laughs> co-host depositor. Yeah, I, I, didn't know I legitimately were... forgot that I, we weren't. I, I didn't know what was happening. Okay. I was I was trying to sign off. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm on co-host at Achilles Heelys. And yeah. Uh, Noisepace.xyz is our podcast network. You can listen to and also with you. Fear Baiting is back. Their episode on Megan is up. Ooh. Woohoo. I still need to watch that. I've never seen a movie. Um, I mostly just watch video game cutscene compilations. Yeah, and 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 <laughs> superhero movies that you hate. <laughs> That's right. On Zero to Zero, we are just about done with our idiotic project to uh, intercut Blade and Fantastic Four movies. Next week, we're going to be finishing Blade Trinity. The week after that, we're going to be finishing Fantastic Four. And then I'm out. I'm retiring after that. Bye. What a way to go. What a way to go. <laughs> I, I think that was a great project, by the way. I'm, I'm f- full support. Glad somebody thinks so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on uh, Dr. Huh, we're going to be watching The Cold War, uh, which the Ice Warriors are in, which I'm excited for, even though it's written by Mark Gatiss, who we don't like. Hmm. Yeah, Ice Warriors. Um, wait. Oh, no. Okay. Yep. Got it. Never mind. And listen to Kyle XY? Yeah, do that. It's still good. Do that. It's me and Jordan's podcast before Doctor, huh? Where we watched Kyle X Y. Yeah. Um, listen to the F Plus. They had a new episode out about med beds. <laughs> I haven't listened to med bed yet. I can't wait to find it's... out what the fuck a med bed is. It's not what you think it is, and that's oh really okay. Ex- <laughs> that's really exciting. I thought I could guess, but apparently I can't. Even if you've listened to like QAnon Anonymous talk about med beds, you still don't know what this episode's about, really. Oh, I didn't know they had a Medbed episode. I haven't heard that one. It's pretty good. I'm uh, one of it's not it's not up anymore, but the first and I think only uh, extra credit episode that I ever made a document for was our Conservapedia episode. Oh, <laughs> uh, and the latest QAnon Anonymous is on Conservapedia, so it's been a real delight. I I love to hate that website. It's an absolute train wreck. They're so bad at it. Listen to QAnon Anonymous. Yeah, cool show. Yeah. And like we say at the end of every episode, twice in some cases, <laughs> Game Ride. Game Ride. And also, <laughs> so actually three times. <laughs> Five times total. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You accept darkness, yet choose to live in the light. So why is it that you loathe us who teeter on the edge of nothing? We who were turned away by both light and dark, never given a choice. That's simple. It's because you mess up our world. That may be. However, what other choice might we have had? Just give it a rest. You're nobodies. You don't even exist. You're not sad about anything. Very good. You don't miss a thing. <laughs>